Welcome to Bodies by Brent. I am your host, Brent Ruska. I've been a personal trainer for almost two decades, and I'm here to help you burn fat, build muscle, and create the life you've always wanted. On this episode, we have Garen Jones, founder of Empowered Brotherhood and author of the book, Change Your Mindset, Change Your Life, Lessons of Love, Leadership, and Transformation. After 2.5 years of living in his car, he was stressed, depressed, numb to his emotions, and nearly given up on his life. Being on the brink of suicide and hearing those choice words from his guru and a homeless man, Garen started to completely change his life. On this episode, you're going to learn how the power of community can change your life for better or worse, how the optimal lifestyle is one you can maintain long term, when was the first time you spoke to your inner child, and maybe it's time, can't get out of negative headspace, how doing everything opposite might be the key to happiness for some people. Garen goes deep in sharing his story from very low to creating this magnificent life and helping others create the life they want as well. Guys, thanks so much for being here. Make sure you subscribe, give it a five-star review, and thank you for listening to this episode. Before we dive in, a shout out to our sponsor, Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 now three months ago, and I started to mix it with my matchas in the morning. I switched off coffee, lower the acidity, and I'm feeling a lot better. I can't tell you how cycling acidic things like coffee makes a huge difference in how you feel mentally and physically. My sleep's way better, and mixing the athletic greens with the matcha is a fucking killer combo. I highly recommend it. Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. It's way cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself. You can invest in just one supplement to get an all-in-one nutritional insurance. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year of supply, immune-supporting vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash bodies by Brent. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash bodies by Brent to take ownership of your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's dive into this week's episode. Garen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, I super appreciate it. So I wanted to ask you before we dive into all this, what is it like working with Beyonce? Man, that was so long ago. <laughs> I was like, I'm about to be 43 years young. How, how old are you? 18. 18? Yeah, I was 18. I think more the question to ask was like, I don't think there's anybody in the history of humanity that had the opportunity that I had being a brand new model on Wilhelmina, missing the audition, and... Uh, this was the first audition that Wilhelmina had sent me on and I missed it. And I was like, man, I hope they don't find out. I just finally got with the agency and they called me the very next day and said, today's your lucky day. You booked all three jobs, Skechers, the buckle and a destiny's child video as Beyonce's hubby. And I was like, in my head, I was like, but I didn't go on the audition. And so I was like, so I booked the destiny's child video. He was like, yeah, Beyonce just happens to be with the agency and she came into the agency and handpicked your card off the wall. Wow. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I think that's more of the story than anything. Yeah. Because I was riding high off of, man, I keep ma manifesting. And that's when I really started understanding what manifestation and, and, and that, the younger stages. Cause I kept thinking things and they kept happening. And I'm like, and I'm not even thinking about booking this job, but I could see myself being her boyfriend in a video. And all of a sudden I'm a, her boyfriend in a video. That's amazing. Yeah. You're of like, I would consider a power manifester. Like you just have this now. Ability. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the beginning it was like, you could manifest stuff and it was like up and down. Right. It's like you had, you know, you would be, you'd be moving in a direction and then you would have lows and highs and highs and lows. Yeah. yeah it was more like, you know, a baby, is trying to express himself one way and then it's the baby's going gaga goo goo until the baby learns words. Yep. And then you can be more clear on the feeling that's inside that can describe ball or cat. Yep. So now I'm more clear on the feeling that's inside 
and how to channel myself in a way that's even receptive for the things that I want to call into my life. And I just, I put puzzle pieces together like it's no other. I'm like, oh, this is connected to that. So that's connect. This is what I asked for, even though it's not, it doesn't look like what I asked for. It's literally eliciting the same exact feeling. Yeah. And I want, you know, my intention of you being here is to really connect with you and understand your story on a deeper level. So we can really understand how you develop this power of manifesting and really see the path that you've gone, you know, and how incredible it is. And I want to go into the story about your dad. You know, I want to, I want to. Which one? The one about your dad being murdered. Okay. Yeah. And I, I just want to hear that story from you. So my dad was murdered when I was 12 years old and it got to got to back it up a little bit. When I was four, my mom made me choose which parent I want to go with as they were, my parents were separating. And at four, I had to make that decision. Wow. I remember saying, I don't want to go. And I was dreading going, we have 30 minutes to leave. And so I chose my dad cause he was nicer. I'm in the car driving my mom. My brother chose my mom. And as we were driving away, what I now know is my intuition was a little voice inside saying, go with your mom, go with your mom. And it was really loud. Wow. And somehow I listened. Mind you, I'm four. Yeah. And then I said, stop the car. Stop the car. I want to go with mom. I want to go with mom. And I remember daddy driving back. And then I remember coming and joining up with my, my brother and my mom and holding onto my mom's legs. And then my dad drives away. Not knowing eight years later, he would have been murdered. So when my father was murdered, I blamed myself. So I just wanted to share that story to lead up to, to that moment because I was actually supposed to be there that night. It was my week to go see him. And for some reason, what I now know is my intuition had me stay home as a little voice inside said, stay home. Two men broke into my father's house. He was a he was a drug dealer at the time, alcoholic. Two men broke into my father's house, and he was in a he was in a he lived in a part of a neighborhood where things like that happened all the time, and the police did nothing. Yeah, it was just like it was like the hood of hoods. It was third, um, uh, it was third ward before it was gentrified, and it was just where crack houses and all kind of things. So my dad lived there, and. He, the two men, they broke into his house. They beat him up real bad, beat him with a hammer. And he was black and blue. And I literally, I remember I had an opportunity to go see him because he was still, they didn't murder him that night. They beat him to murder him, left him in a pool of blood. Cops found him. He's in the hospital, black and blue, can't move. I got an opportunity to go see him and I heard somebody say, oh, you don't want to see him that way. And I just, I never went. And then the the day I was supposed to go see him, that's when he died. And I blamed myself for his murder. Yeah, it was for years. How did, how did, so when he died and he was murdered, how did that affect you? So you blaming yourself, do you feel like that played a big role in the next years to come? Absolutely. So I, I felt like half of me died and that's when I started, uh, just taking it out on life. That's when I started breaking into cars, breaking into houses, breaking into recreation centers and just doing, I was never in a gang, but I rolled with the gang members and I did what they did. And, um, in and out of juvenile, I just didn't care. I literally did not care. And, um, every year, Around the same time, I would just start crying and I didn't understand why I was crying. And that was my unconscious way of mourning his death. And uh, yeah, it played a major role on how I treated people, my relationships with other men, and just how I treated life in general. And, uh, you know, it, it I didn't heal from that until five years ago. Wow. Yeah, it was wild. And how I healed from that, yeah. it, you know, I was on this path, uh, pathway of self-discovery in the last 10 years. And 
I never forgave the two men who murdered my father. I wished death upon them and their family. And I remember being on a stage with about 3,000 people standing, like standing room only and um, speaking engagement. And I remember saying on stage, you know, I, and I'm ready to forgive the two men who murdered my father. And I just forgave and I cried and I just released literally on stage. And when I was done, this guy just kept looking at me. And I was like, man, why does this dude keep looking at me? It's crazy. And he walked over. He was like, man, I just want to apologize. I said, for what? He was like, I want to apologize on behalf of those two men. It's like, what do you mean? It was like 20 years ago, I, um, I murdered somebody. And uh, of course it wasn't my dad, but he's like, I murdered somebody and I just got out of prison yesterday. And my full intention was to murder the man who snitched on me. But I saw the depth of freedom that you had in forgiving those two men who murdered your father. So I'm not going to kill him and I'm going to make a change in my life. And I want to apologize on behalf of those two men. And in that moment, that's when I got closure. And that's what the 12 year old always wanted. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I always wanted to feel. So this is the power of letting go of resentment and forgiveness, which opened up my field of what I, it's a, it's like fertile ground. You plant a seed in fertile ground. You can grow anything you want. That opened a field that created fertile ground for abundance and flow and prosperity and all these amazing things that were, that resentment and hatred was taking the place of. It was taking up the space. So I created space to make room for my my next layer of blessings. So if you're trying to create health or the life you want, it begins with letting go of these past. Something. Some, letting go of anger or or resentment. And it would be wise to maybe think and reflect on are am i holding any of these emotions from the past somebody you're always holding on to something there's there's something you can hold you can hold on to happiness you can hold everybody is holding on to something you can hold on to the identity identity that you're a muscular man or a muscular woman or i'm an insecure or i'm not this way everybody at every single moment is holding on to something the thing to do is identify what you're holding on to that's not serving your soul's purpose that could be blocking your channel from receiving the laws of nature because hmm. uh, our universe there's a universal order that's that's governed by man's program and nature's program there's two systems that are running at the same time and when you understand how nature's pl- program works it's the laws of giving and receiving always but if you're holding on to something that's like holding your breath you're eventually going to die. If you, you can't even hold the water that you drank, that you and I are drinking. It's got to come out. And we're created to be givers, not keepers. So when you're holding on to uh, something that's not serving your soul, it starts to produce in the physical equivalent that of the cousin of death. That things start breaking down. Your phone screen starts to crack. Breakups start to happen. No matter how hard you work, abundance can't make its way in its life because you're you're literally holding the space where that frequency is is trying to come in yeah totally makes sense do you have a good process for people that want to figure out what they're holding on to that's not serving them like did you do you have a process that you sometimes do just weekly daily monthly just to tune in like is there some is something creep crept back in that maybe i need to let go of Well, the thing about it is when I have these deep conversations with people and then they, they have their justifications, they have their excuses. And I really get to the meat of everything. They actually all know. Everybody knows that like, you know, it's like you have this wine addiction. You're like, no, it's just casual. It's just casual. But they know deep down inside that they're covering up something or this drug addiction or this girl addiction or this guy addiction or this work addiction or this social media addiction. Everybody knows, really, if you have a really straight up conversation, they really know. They really, I'm holding on to this and it's justifying something. They may not know what it's justifying, but they know 
something in their life that they shouldn't be doing. That reminds me. So my therapist one time told me, what do you not want to know that you know to be true? That's good. Right? Yeah. That's basically what you're saying. Mm -hmm. It's like, you stop, stop, you know, pretending with yourself. You know what's going on, right? And you got to be real honest. Oh, no, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, that's your defense mechanism. That's the thing that you're crutch. That's the thing that you're leaning on. But nine times out of 10, when I'm looking somebody straight in the eye and I'm like, yo, you sleep until like 12 noon. <laughs> you know, that's an issue. They're yeah. like, yeah, man. Yeah. And you, you really have a straight up conversation because yeah. I don't buy the first response. Mm-hmm. I'm like, is that true for you? Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's not true. So what's true for you? Really? So it's more up when I'm having in-depth, straight-up conversations and coming from a real raw place and creating a space of safety where people know I'm not going to judge them. And I'm just like, yo, like you can really say what it really is. And sometimes I just ask enough questions. So what's this? How do you feel about this? Well, I'm not enough. Enough compared to what? Because you got to compare it to something. What? Oh, my dad. Okay, so now we're going into the dad conversation. Yeah. So I'm a great listener and I'm a great question asker. I tend to ask questions that, people don't normally get asked. Yeah. So they go into different parts of their mind and then their heart and yeah. then they answer. And a lot of times it's the first time responding. My job is to create a safe space mm-hmm. so that people feel safe enough in their nervous system to actually go there. So it's the formula. Often I lead with my own personal testimony. Mm. So someone's got their walls up and I was like, yo, I've been there before. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when I was holding on to freaking, uh, what is it? Room temperature Twizzlers and orange Gatorade and, 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 uh, what is it? Uh, clear gummy bears. You're laughing, but it was an addiction for me. And I was making fun of all these people that were eating bacon, double cheeseburgers and all these fatty foods. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was justifying myself not eating all those foods. But then on the late night at two o'clock in the morning, I go to 7-Eleven and I just scarf it down. Dang. You got a dude scarfing down uh, alcohol, vodka right next to me. And I'm scarfing down and I'm making myself better than that person when we're actually doing the same thing. Yep. So when I share my testimony, it makes them feel safe. And they're like, you know what? Damn. It's like you're speaking to me. I'm like, maybe we like the same person. So making people feel safe by using my own personal testimony and what I did and what I, what I changed in myself, mm. it always, 99.9% of the time, it, it often breaks the ice to make people want to share like what you said, they don't want to know, but that that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know you're really big on community, too. And this seems like why community is a big piece. So you can have people around you who can be real with you. Yeah. Who can reflect to you your blind spots. Yeah. Tell me more about the importance of community and ways people can start to build community in their lives that, you know, have a desire for that. Because I think from the pandemic, there's this strong desire for real, legit community we see maybe our parents' generation or before that where they separated so much and we've seen a lot of health issues mentally, physically because of that. And I think we're seeing right now a lot of people come together. And I know you, you know, the Empower Brotherhood and you're very passionate about community. So I think you're the perfect person to share about that. Yeah, bro. So I look at community as a luxury. Like people, they've got gold and platinum and gasoline and food. And I'm like, yo, when I don't have community, it's almost like I'm not living. There's something about community because community is a form of language. Hmm. And if you can think of like, say, for instance, you're wanting to learn French. Which one do you think would learn faster and in the dialect? The person that's going to Starbucks once a week with Rosetta Stone for 20 minutes or the person that immerses themselves goes to France, immerses themselves in the community and the culture amongst where all the French speakers are speaking, which one is going to learn faster and in that dialect. That's a great analogy. 
that's the power of community. Yeah. So when you immerse yourself in the culture, you tend to do what you see the most of, mm. you know, a lot of times people, they stay away from community. So they're typically by themselves. So you see the most of your negative thoughts, mm-hmm. your traumatic thinking and uh, the, your insecurities and all that other stuff. But if you surround yourself around confident, goal-driven people that want more out of life and they're building other people up, you'll become the next person just by way of proximity. I learned this because when I wasn't healthy, growing up in Houston, Texas, fatty foods, fried foods, and it was all good what my mom was cooking. And at the same time, I was building the pattern of I don't love myself and didn't even know it. And I would eat my feelings. Yeah. And when I came to California, there was more fit people, people that were more active. And then I joined a wellness, uh, you know, the, the nutrition and fitness community. All they were doing was talking about becoming a better version of themselves, listening to people like Tony Robbins and, and Jim Rohn and Eric Thomas and Napoleon Hill. And I'm just like, I started listening to what they were listening to. I started speaking like them. I started moving like them. How old are you at this point? I was 32. 32. So I went my whole life. But here's the beautiful thing. Anytime I've ever been immersed in community, I thrived. Now, when I was breaking into cars, stealing stuff, selling drugs, I was in the community of the gang members. I was in the community of the troublemakers, and I thrived in that community. I did what the leaders were doing. It's because it was was all I saw. Consciously, I didn't know exactly what that was, but that was a community that welcomed me with open arms, didn't judge me, gave me recognition. Anywhere where that is, it's like a flower that you give proper water and sunlight. So it's a basic human need to have to be seen, to there's acknowledgement because it's nourishing, it's nourishing to your soul. I was getting that nowhere else. But from the communities of the, the the people that I that were getting in trouble, so I didn't know that there were other communities that were mission driven and goal driven and purpose driven. I had no idea until I came into the health and wellness community, and I just ran with it. And just like when I was in a community of guys that were trying to sleep with girls every night at the club, I thrived big time. Breaking into cars, I thrived. Health and wellness. Guess what? Drop 35 pounds, put on 19 pounds of muscle, take my body fat from 16.4% down to 6% as a 32-year-old when I thought my life was done after 30. So then I'm like, oh my God, oh, I'm turning back the hands of time. So when people see me now at almost 43 years young and I can do the things even better than I did when I was 18, they're like, yo, do you even age? Guess what? Age doesn't make you old. It's when you let your life beat you down and you're doing things that you don't love. When you're surrounded by people that you know damn well you don't want to be around and it's just eating. It's like a parasite eating at your spirit. So when I immersed myself in the culture of healthy, active lifestyle, of personal growth, personal optimization, business, entrepreneurship, understanding how to uh, uh, attract an abundance and and changing your frequency field so that you're even prepped and ready for that. I didn't know any of that. However, I knew some other people and I surrounded and I stayed around them and I learned and I asked questions and I gave, I served and I supported and I have not looked back since 2011. That's amazing. Uh, The power of community. I want to dive into your body transformation. We're also a fitness podcast. So where did you start? 16% body fat? And then you went 16.4%, yeah. And then down to six? Yep. So where did you begin? What were the daily habits with nutrition, exercise that you yep. started to implement? And how long did that take you? So I was, uh, I, I, I began just working out and I was like, man, all these people are playing dodgeball on a beach, 300 people there. And I'm tired after the first game, but everybody's just going and going and going. And they're talking about nutrition. I don't, I don't know anything about nutrition. My, my, 
my idea of nutrition was freaking having one of my mom's sugary smoothies that's filled with everything but nutrients. <laughs> it tastes real good. <laughs> but though. they taste so good. Yeah. Oh my God. My mom had the best smoothies. And my bacon double cheeseburgers. That was my nu- nutrients. Wow. And so I didn't know because I wasn't aware. So I started with community, saw what they were doing, and just started asking. I'm like, yo, how do you look like that? You know? And I was drinking, that, that time I was drinking lots of soda, and I'm just eating ramen noodles, which if you look uh, on the list of the top 10 worst foods to eat, <laughs> the sodium, I mean, that little silver packet. Oh, yeah. The ramen noodles is number seven. <laughs> wow. And I was like, yo, I've been eating this since I was a little kid. Wow. And they make it cheap. So I started with, let me see what happens when I don't drink soda. Interestingly enough, these spots that had been on my face since I was a little kid started going away. And as I'm transforming, I asked my mom, I said, mom, I was like, why do I eat meat? She said, because that's what I fed you. And I didn't like that answer. So I said, well, I want to see what it's like to not eat meat and only eat fish and veggies and stuff like that. Yeah. I had no idea because I've always ate meat my entire life. And my mom said, because that's what I fed you. So within a month, just not eating meat, there were spots in the stuff that I had on my body since I was little. I just noticed they start going away. I noticed that my abs were taking a different shape. I'm like, I'm not doing anything different with my workout. All I did was I just stopped eating meat. And it might be different for someone else. I'm just talking about my story. And I noticed that anytime I sweat, I would always have this like this odor. And I was known for that particular odor. My girlfriends reminded me of it all the time. When I stopped eating meat, that odor went away. And I'm 32 at the time. So imagine I've had the odor my whole life. I stop eating meat and the odor goes away. I'm like, oh, that's so interesting. But what was it? So it was like fried meat or steaks or like what was the meat that you were at mostly the, eating? I don't know exactly. I just stopped eating meat altogether. Oh, you just stopped. Yeah. I do it now. Yeah. And it's so interesting. I didn't do it until I moved back to Austin. Yeah. Which is a year ago. The odor started coming back. Wow. And I'm like. There's a hundred percent. There's something here. Yeah. So now I'm just eating chicken instead of like steaks and beef and stuff like that. Yeah. And the odor went away. So something inside of the steaks and there were good quality steaks that I was eating good quality beef. Yeah. Red meat just doesn't vibe with you. Yeah. It's for my particular, my body Yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah. And the odor went away. And so I started there. Then I just started, you know, taking some protein shakes and, Never believed in supplements, but I didn't understand even how they worked. And then somebody just sat me down and they made it so simple. It's like, listen, you eat five times a day. I'm like, man, that's too much food. No, you got to understand. Here's the deal. So if you understand, like when you're driving a car and you run out of gas, it's like you got to go fill up, right? But you're going to go fill up with the gas that can power your car. You're not going to go put Kool-Aid in your tank. He's like, so when you understand what to put in the machine and when to put it in the machine, it will run how it's supposed to run. So you understand what to put in your body and when, and that's what a lot of people miss. They just think, Oh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because that's what they taught you in school. But if you understand, like you literally have the most high powered machine in the world. And so your body, if you understand what it's actually craving, you don't crave all those other sugars, you don't crave, but if you give it the nutrients that it wants, so high, high protein, uh, low carb diet for me, drinking plenty of water and exercising three to four times, uh, three to four times a week, at least 30 minutes of cardio. And man, it was 80% nutrition, 20% fitness, hundred percent mindset. I wanted to be in optimal health. I want to be the best version of myself. And the reason that I was taught to eat five times a day, when you're sleeping, you're fasting. So when you wake up, you break the fast. That's why they call it breakfast. So I believed in eating when I woke up because that was going to be the fuel that powers throughout my day instead of not eating. 
And a lot of times as you get older, when you don't eat and then, and this is not like knocking fasted cardio, I think it works to an extent, but then you want to get, you want to get statistics on people who've been doing it over a long period of time. Not the cool guy with the abs has been doing it for five years. Yeah. I pay attention to longevity that, and I don't do anything in my life for a moment. I'm like, can I maintain this? Yep. I can't maintain really massive, big into my eighties over a long period of time, all the thing because of all the things I want to do. So I want to be in the optimal health. So I eat in the morning, uh, form of protein, some greens, some browns, get some water and it, it, and it spikes my metabolism. Boom. Every two to three hours, I have a form of protein, some form of carb, um, some fruit. And then two to three hours later, I have a, that, uh, another meal that's, you know, that's, but it's got my, some kind of lean meat or some fish or some tuna, some greens and some browns. Two to three hours later, protein-based snack. Two to three hours later, another meal. So that's my five times a day. And people, they would say, well, is that too much? I was like, no, you got to understand. If you're moving, the engine is running. If you're driving your car, you're actually burning gas. So when I'm giving myself that fuel with the high, high protein, low carb, what it's doing is sustaining my blood sugar level. So when I sustain my blood sugar level five times over the day, I'm actually retraining my metabolism. And so that's why I don't have to work out as hard and I can stay in optimal shape because my body and that machine is just running while it's burning the food and I'm running and the water is fly, uh, is, is flushing the toxins out of my body, which keeps me at 7% and I'm working out three times a week. So I got taught that in 2011 and I've maintained that this entire time. And it's just like, brrr, they're like, how do you... You're 43 and I found a system and a flow that works for me and I just don't deviate. Yeah, that's such good advice. I see with clients now, there's a lot of people who get obsessed or addicted to starving themselves. And it's like, oh if, you just, if you just, like the fasting thing is so prevalent right now. It's like, if you just eat like you're eating to fuel yourself for energy, you're gonna have great workouts and then you're gonna have the physique you want. Instead of thinking of deprivation, then your workouts suffer, then you don't feel good, and eventually you're gonna break, and you're gonna binge on gummy bears or whatever at 2 a.m., just slowly start ramping your metabolism up, feeding yourself, feeling good, and you don't have to eat a lot every five days. Right, it could be, right. It could be apple and a scoop yep. of protein, right? Yep. It doesn't have to be crazy, mm -hmm. but just getting yourself, keeping that blood sugar stable. Yeah, and, and, I, and I tell people, it, it's like, you think it's a lot, but it really isn't when you're understanding how to feed the machine. And one thing that the timing is so important. It's so important. And I see a lot of people, they're eating a lot of healthy stuff, but they're like, oh man, I eat like late at night and they'll eat in these weird hours and they eat when they're hungry and, and there's, just, there's no structure. I was like, but if you master the art of nutrient timing, that just stabilizing your blood sugar level that actually will give, it's like a gateway to a longer life. Mm -hmm. Like you, you don't have to like force it. And here's what's actually happening when you start your, starve yourself. Your body starts cannibalizing itself and it starts eating at your flesh. Over it, and we see all those people that lose all that weight and they still got all that flabby skin. It's because they don't even have enough protein in their body to, to have the skin grow tight on them. And that's where the flabbiness comes from. Starve themselves. They take this magical pill. They take this shot and they lose 100 pounds in a day. I'm like, yo, first off, your mind is not losing weight. But second off, think longevity. If you think right now, you're going to miss it. What can you do that'll have you feeling good over a long period of time? That is a gateway that will have you living a rich life from the inside out. And I know there's so many different ways to say the same thing, but in a way that I've taught people, they're like, yo, this is so much easier. I was counting all these calories and it's the microscopic. So I'm like, bro, can you do that for 10, 10 years? Yeah, exactly. It's that. Yeah. I'm like, let me give you Sustainability. Yes. The sustainability piece. Yeah. And then mindset is a huge piece of this. That's why I you say hundred percent mindset. You, yeah. You can have all that other stuff, but if you don't have, if you don't believe it, whatnot. And I know you've come from a very low mindset 
to now the mindset where you've created anything you want, basically. Yeah. And now you're helping other people create. Take me to your suicide attempts because that has to be yeah. the potentially the lowest point any human being could have mentally going on. Yeah. So that was in 2011 before I had my biggest breakdown. 2011, 343 in the morning. I'd say the, the, the night before in 2010, I just looked at my life. My daughter pretty much disowned me because I couldn't get my life together. My girlfriend had just broken up with me. I was $200,000 in debt and I was literally living in my car for two and a half years. So I went from my car to my storage unit to an abandoned building to different girls' couches. And I love sex. However, it got to the point where I didn't even want anyone, like any woman to touch me. I was like, I just want to sleep. So when you get to that point, and you feel like the world is just taking everything from you. I was like, oh my God, God, why are you taking everything from me? My daughter, my money, my jobs. I can't even model anymore because I'm overweight. Or it was removing all the things I gave power to so that I could remember myself. So I was so depressed and so stressed out that I just gave up on my life. And so the feeling of being numb with emotions and just not caring. One day, two weeks, four months, six months, a year, two and a half years, I was numb with emotions. So it was, what's the point? I got all of these gifts, but I can't seem to make a dollar. I can't like, I can't keep a girl. My mom's dying in the hospital. So all these things were happening at the same time. Connecting the dots, looking backwards. That was my flying lesson though. Uh, that, that was my testing time. You go to school, the end of the school year, in order to pass to the next grade, they give you like nine different tests from different subjects simultaneously. You go science, you got final exam. You go social studies, you got final exam. PE, final exam. Health, final exam. Mathematics, final exam. And depending on what you comprehend and how you studied, you either pass the test or you fail the test. You fail the test, you stay in the same grade. Right then and there, was my final exam for so many things in my life and I passed them all. So everyone is being tested in one form or another all the time. And if something keeps showing up over, why is the same thing keeps happening to me? Why does this happen every year around the same time? Well, doesn't the exam happen every year around the same time? It's your opportunity to take your test in a different way because wherever you're stuck at is your school. And this is hindsight. When I'm going through it, you can't see the picture while you're in the frame. So I'm just trying to figure out how to navigate this life. And it was hard. It was difficult. But I got through it and I kept going. A little voice inside was like, Garen, it could always be worse. There's somebody that had it worse off than you that made it out. And that was my silver lining. That was my light at the end of the tunnel. I used to say, it can always be worse. It can always be worse. How did you start to build? So it sounds like you had a strong connection to your intuition and just kind of followed it step by step. How did you start to build this different mindset? So I wasn't aware that that was my intuition. It's like, I don't know, something just told me to do it. You know, a little voice said this, you know, so it was either hit or miss. I would say that moment of awakening where I just cried and I cursed and I screamed. And that was the moment at, excuse me, 3.43 in the morning. And I just, I was like, okay, I'm tired of fighting. And I'm in my car in the parking lot of Mail and Moore on the corner of La Brea and Hollywood in front of the frozen yogurt shop. Window busted out. From the night before, someone broke into my car and I'm like, man, I can't catch a break. And that's when I just threw my hands up and I was like, I'm tired of fighting. I don't want to fight anymore. I want to be healthy. 
I want to be happy. I want to be surrounded by nothing but positive people. I just want to inspire people and I want to make a bunch of money. And I want the money rep to represent something that I passionately believe in that I would do for free. Just show me a sign. Show me a sign. And I'm just belting it out. I've always talked about what I don't want. I don't want this kind of girl. I don't want to be broke. I don't want this. And I would attract that. But it was the first time in my life I said what I want, not what society wants me to say, not what my mom wanted me and my dad, what I wanted. And I belted it out. Moment of silence. A week later, I'm at a gas station and a quote unquote homeless guy comes up to me and he asked me for money. And I say, you have more money than me. And he said, change your mindset, change your life. And it was those words. And I don't know what it was about those words. It was the energy behind it. Because I've heard motivational words before. But something about the energy that was fueling those words stopped me in my tracks. And it was like a conscious interrupt that made me think about my whole life. You ever seen the movie Sixth Sense? Mm -hmm. Remember when he didn't know he was dying and then all of a sudden he had the awareness and his whole life flashed before his eyes. He was like, I was dead the whole time. Well, mine was very similar. I was like, I've been lying myself to the, I've been lying to myself the whole time. My whole life within seconds goes, boom. It was all a lie because of how you were thinking. And I said to myself, so if I do different, with the same circumstance, my life will change. Change your mindset, change your life. And I just kept saying it over and over and over. Change your mindset, change your life. So that became my new song. You sing a song long enough, you'll be humming it for the next two months. My new song was change your mindset, change your life. So I would come up to some escalators, change your mindset, change your life. So I would, pra I didn't know this was happening, but I was practicing doing the opposite. So I did the opposite, took the stairs. Normally I would take, I would use gel soap when I was taking a shower. Well, change your mindset, change your life. So I started practicing using bar soap. Normally I'd go out to a nightclub and chase women, change your mindset, change your life. I'm going to stay in, you know, normally I would listen to a radio, change your mindset, change your life. So I'm going to read a book. So I just started unconsciously staging myself out of the monotony that I had been living in since childhood. And most we're creatures by habit. And I didn't even know that by doing the opposite of <laughs> in all these areas that I wasn't happy, the opposite of sad is happy by doing the opposite. That's what landed me to reading books that's what got me into taking personal development seminars. That's what got me into being around these healthy, active lifestyle people, learning about entrepreneurship, learning about crypto, learning about uh, biohacking. All of that was stuff I would never do. But every single day when I met with resistance, I stop, I take a breath, and I say, change your mindset, change your life. So my life is a direct flip from where I was because of everything that I would never do. I leaned into it and did it. And you can, you can totally see it. You can 100% yeah. see it. Yeah, I mean, you literally can see it. So if you can see all of this, now imagine the opposite going down at the same capacity. Energy can't be created nor destroyed. It can only be transferred. That was my life. So that's how the depression, that's how, like, I want to live and I'm, I'm so free. I want to die. I'm so not alive. Everything. It's a flip. It's a mirror. It's a, it, it's the opposite side. Super powerful. So what are the habits or daily practices you have now to keep yourself healthy, to keep your mindset strong, to keep growing, to keep creating the amazing family and community that you have? What are some of those, like, even just spiritual practices that you have that just fill you up and keep this, you know, you tapped into energy? Because you give so much energy, hold yeah. space. That takes a lot to be able to process a lot of that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, because I mean, there's so many different systems and processes, but I, I, I like to say things that are really practical that will support people the most, because uh, I, I can tell you seven steps to the whatever. 
But what I know is the most powerful energy that an adult can have is the energy of the little kid that's inside of them that they have failed to use. And I've got really good at letting little Garen lead. And when you just watch kids play, they have all the energy, they have all the passion, they constantly create, they're curious, they're in wonderment, and it just keeps going. Yeah. I don't see tired little kids. And if they do, it's for a little bit. So when I tap into my little boy, I'm capable of anything. So, so how that works, I just really want to get people into the understanding. I want you to imagine there was a lady that came to me. She's like, I have the husband. I have the money. I have the house. But I feel like something is missing. There's still something missing. I said, what did you used to love to do that brought you so much joy when you were a little kid? She said, I used to, I used to love to dance. She's paused. She's like, I used to love to dance. And I was like, how did it make you feel? It made me feel so free. So she came to me like this. And then when she started talking about dance, it made me feel so free and da, 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 and all these different things. I said, when was the last time you danced? She was like 20 years ago. I said, do you have kids? She said, yeah. I said, if your daughter... Your four-year-old daughter came up to you and said, mom, 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 mom. What would happen if, if you didn't answer? She said she would get angry. And then what if she's going, mom, 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 listen to me. And what happened if you still didn't answer? She would get rageful. Mom, why aren't you listening to me? And then what would happen if you still didn't listen? She probably would get silent. I said, why? She said, I'm not there for her. I said, yeah, because there's no, no emotional closure. There would be a disassociation to what nurtures a soul. And I said, so you know what that feeling would feel like? Yes. I said, let's just imagine dance for you was a baby. And every time you had the urge over the last 20 years, every time you talked about it, every time you watched somebody dancing, that little baby was inside of you going, mom, mom, use me, mom, 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 to angry, to rageful, to silence. And I said, and it would do, to this, do the same thing inside of you that would happen between the relationship with you and your daughter if you weren't there for 20 years. And that could be, and before I could finish the sentence, she goes, what's missing? I say, yeah, you. You have denied yourself the opportunity to experience the truest essence of your soul. Your heart, the EKGs of the heart is the most powerful frequency in the world. And you have denied that. You've denied what sparks your soul joy for work or whatever it is. And I said, so it's connected to your inner child which I feel is directly connected to source and you work in co-creation when you tap into that power. I've coined a phrase called it's artist power. It's like the little kid inside of you. It's the artist mm. that just has so many gifts and so much life and so much like curiosity and joy and just revel in the feeling of like happiness. Mm. It's inside of all humans. Mm. And most people just left it dormant. And what you thought was abandonment from your dad the first original abandonment is when you abandoned what was in your heart and you probably manifested that relationship with your dad because the heart was so strong. However, you can use it for your benefit. So when you use the power of your heart, it will show you an aspect of life that you can't work to get. The heart is the most pow powerful frequency in the world. So when you use it, It'll use you. And she was like, oh my God, that's what's missing. I haven't tend to my own heart. It's like, yeah. And so your, your, your husband hasn't gotten the fullest expression of you. Your kids haven't gotten the fullest expression of you. Your wife. And she was like, oh, I mean, your, your, your work. She's like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. So you saying, if I dance, it's like, it's not about the dance. Dance activates a portal that opens you up to be receptive to the flow of nature. And anything that is connected to nature benefits from nature's resources. It's the act of giving and receiving. You've denied 
yourself to be able to receive at the capacity that you give. So you block the flow of nature, which is not natural. So anything that's out of alignment with nature causes corruption. Anything that's in alignment with nature causes flow. So that in itself, that if you tend to your little boy, little girl, whatever pronoun you choose, but that sparked the most joy when you were a little kid, you have no idea the treasures that lay in the physical equivalent in your life that will blindside you in ways that dreams can't even reach because you're using a natural, authentic power source that I call artist power. And this is why I created Awaken the Artist Within because I'm really good at teaching people how to go back and get the treasure. The treasure is not at the end of the rainbow. It's at the beginning of the rainbow and it's actually you. Matter of fact, I have a retreat in June, June 10th yeah, called Awaken, Awaken the Artist Within. And if y'all are getting like downloads from this podcast, you have no idea. Me in a retreat space is a hundred thousand times because the people who are attracted to that, that want that, that's what makes the actual transformation. So, you know, it's, it's all about full expression, full embodiment. Like you can be massively successful in something, but there's a voice that you never sang before a little boy inside of you. That's always wanted to do this. Doesn't mean you have to stop, but if you deny that voice of singing or speaking or painting, if you deny it, you block the passage and what you think is a blessing is actually the bottom of your blessing. You could actually be in the realm of 10 times greater if you allow it, but you've got to be in the frequency and the capacity to hold for it. But if you're in the capacity of stuffing down, it doesn't, it, it, there's no space. You're blocking the energy of life. Yeah. Like of life trying to life you. Yeah, literally. And if you just took some time to honor that inner child, you could explode your life into something beyond what you ever thought possible. Artist power. I teach people how to tap into their artist, artist power and use it in the direction of the same things that they're doing, but they may be running. They might be running off of inauthentic power. This is why they get tired. This is why they crash and burn. This is why all these different things. So this is why I wanted to tailor it to something really simple because the kid power is stronger than any other process that you can do. The, the power of the little kid. Why do you think they say all kids go to heaven? They're the closest to the source. So when you tap into it, you're the closest to the source. And it makes sense. Like when we first walk into the studio, they're talking about baby hugs. The yeah. energy you get from hugging a baby. Yeah. Closest thing to the source. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you can ignite that energy within yourself to create. Yeah. So I don't know uh, when this podcast is going to come out. I've got like six spots left. We just opened up. We opened up 10 more spots in the retreat. Friggin' today. June J the the june 10th the 10th through the 12th and even if you're listening to this after you know there will be another one yeah so what's a good way to connect with you, you? can go on my website garenjones.com uh, and of course uh my instagram garen.jones and i have a book out called change your mindset change your life yeah that's awesome thank you homeless guy <laughs> Shout out. Uh, uh, that's on amazon and i'm in the process of doing the uh, the audio book man the the artist power awakening the artist within if you follow the formula of freeing your little kid and letting that little kid lead, do what sparks joy in your life and try not to care what other people think. Right now, excuse me, I'm literally wearing knee-high socks because I want to. They make me happy. They make me happy. I've been doing it since I was a little kid. Somebody spoke to me the other day and it's from childhood. They were like, oh, Gary, man, we've grown up so much. Man, I remember you used to wear those stupid knee-high socks and and we would ask you, uh, uh, why are you wearing those knee-high socks and big yellow backpack? And I was like, because they make me happy. They was like, yeah, man, we grown, man. And I was like, hey, call me on FaceTime. Call me on FaceTime. And I showed them my socks. I was like, I still wear those stupid knee-high socks because they make me happy. Join the party and watch what happens to your life. I hope we can have another interview when we're like 60. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think it would be dope. Like in 20, 30 years to sit down and just 
talk again. Yeah. Tell me a little bit just before we end, what is your vision of what you're trying to do for the future? Like, what do you see? What are you trying to create more of? If, if that's even in your mind at this point, you know, my, my mission in life is to create a safe space where people identify the gifts that live inside of them so that they can use it and create an extraordinary life without regrets. That matters to me more than anything. I love that. To, to literally get to the end of your life. I mean, I should have, man, if I would have, and I'm like, man, if nobody else is going to speak on it, I'm going to speak on it. And then while I'm speaking on it, I'm going to keep doing everything that I want to do. I had a, my bucket list, the things that you do before you die that I wrote down five years ago. The only thing left on my bucket list is going to Dubai. Everything else has been completed within five years. I was supposed to do before I die. So I'm going to create another bucket list. It's like, man, I'm after this life. You look at trees, they grow as high as they can stretch their, their limbs out as far as they can produce as much fruit as they can. Their roots deep as they can. Birds fly as high as they can. What if our purpose was to grow to our max? What if you to, to grow as much as you can, make as many connections as you can, as much money as you can, be as much passionate as you can, the most creative as you can, and truly get all of the fruits of life, your fullest expression, and then be mission-led. Your mission People get confused. They're like, I don't know my purpose, but what if your purpose was you being your fullest expression, but your mission was whatever it is for me, create a safe space where people identify their gifts and use it to produce extraordinary results in their life without regrets. Everything I do comes from there. That's led by a little Garen who's curious, excited, passionate, creative, and loves to share his toys with other people. Garen, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate your time, your energy, and your message. Again, where do we connect with you? One more time. So you'll you'll connect with me uh, on Instagram, uh, Garen Garen Jones, um, and my my website. And then also, I'm the co-founder of Empowered Brotherhood. Uh, out here in Austin, Texas, which is gearing up to be one of the biggest men's movements in the world. And our purpose is to build men up in a way where they experience themselves in their fullest expression and the world experiences man in a completely different light. And we have some of the top coaches and we just happen to have a free workout that's every Thursday at 8.30 a.m. at Zilker. So if you're a man, come out and work out with us there's nothing more special than when another man can experience themselves inside of another man's eyes and heart where they see them, they're not judging them, and they just want to build them up. It's more than a workout. There's a movement that we're creating, and it is so special to be witnessed by another man. That's why I love, I don't do men's work, but I work with men, and I do human work, and then I just, one of my extensions is doing men's work. And uh, just being a co-founder with uh, Stefano Sifandos and Preston Smiles, I freaking love those guys and our leadership team and what we're doing um, just in the world is so beautiful because these men are moving from different countries. They feel safe. They're like, man, I've never felt like this in my life. I'm like, me neither. I never had relationships with men. So I teach what I need. And so... That's another place where you can find me every Thursday at Zilker Park, 8.30 a.m. by the Sand Pits. Men, come out. Women, tell your man to come out. Thank me later because their needs will get met there. So that means they don't have to take their anger and aggression out on you. Amen. I'd love to have you and even Samson and some of the other guys on do like a round table and talk more about all that. That will be fun. Don't you think so? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll definitely set that up sometime soon. Okay, cool. Again, thanks for being here, man. Thank you so much, brother. Garen, thanks so much for being on this episode. Guys, make sure you check out his site. Sign up for the workshop if you can. Definitely buy his book and start to think, if I change my mindset, how can I change my life? 
And that begins with becoming aware of the thoughts you're thinking. So having a daily mindfulness practice, whether it's on a walk, during your workouts, morning meditation, sitting in a float tank, while you're sitting in a sauna, putting on some music, breathing and reflecting on what are the thoughts, what are the things that I'm telling myself every single day. And the person that I'm wanting to become, the person that I may not be right now, how would that person think? Start to write those things down. The key is starting to get these thoughts to sink into your subconscious, not just your conscious. What your subconscious think thinks is how you're going to act. Simple way to do this is write down the way you want to think, the things you want to have achieved, right? If you think about, let's say, terrorists or people introduced into religion or certain beliefs, they are programmed in some way to believe these things from a very young age, and they are taught and fed these things over and over again. You can do this for a positive benefit. So write down the things that you want to be occurring in your life, whether it be money or health or fat loss, and start to see those every day. Something I used to do is write down, you know, I weigh 210 pounds, you know, say I was 250, or I run every day and it feels great. Mantras of habits or things I wanted to be, I would write them down and I would put them on the wall so I could see them and read them every day so it'd start to sink into my subconscious. Rewrite and create the person that you're wanting to become. All right, guys, thank you again for being here listening to this episode. Please share it with somebody you think will benefit from it, and I will see you next time.